International Broadcasting lives on 5085. The big one. WTWW. Please stand by as we get ready to launch another episode of this Reality Radio Cafe Cast with your host and my husband, Denny J, K5DCC. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition, lift off. Now grab your glass and get ready to fill it up with some radio on the rocks. Vehicles pitching downrange. Good morning, Logan. You're up kind of early today for a Saturday. <laughs> yep, I, I just woke up. So, oh my. Yeah. We start these too early, don't we? I'm just up myself. Just got up about 20 minutes ago and got myself my first cup of coffee here. Still got my kind of a morning stuffiness. Did you guys get any uh, the weather we had yesterday? Has it arrived there yet? Um, that's going to be later on this afternoon. But um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go get me some uh, one of my iced coffees real quick. I'll be right back. Alrighty. Well, by Logan goes to grab his iced coffee. Good morning, everybody. It is Saturday, April 10th. Welcome to uh, another episode of Radio on the Rocks here in the Digicom Cafe studios on Telegram. We're waiting for folks to start dropping in and uh, sitting down at the table here this morning. We're expecting to hear from John out in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia area. He's going to bring the what-if question today. Professor Jim is taking his extra class test today. He's been studying hard. I'm pretty sure he's going to ace it or pretty pretty darn close. So he won't be able to be with us this morning. Hello, Tista. This is Bob Daltakoff testing from the Dolphin Coast Camping Class. Am I getting out of Oh, Daniel, good morning. Sounds like you're in the uh, the bathroom at the campsite. <laughs> Yes, you're quite right. You you you're very perceptive. You've got a very perceptive hearing, haven't you, Heather? <laughs> yeah. So, how did you sleep last night in the tent? Oh, I slept on the floor because I I forgot to to bring a mattress. I, uh, so I slept on it like a duvet. Oh, it was so hard. But then I managed to, uh, to inflate my um, inflatable mattress. So tonight, hopefully, I'll have a bit of nice sleep there. Heather. Wow. So you say you slept on the floor, the floor of the tent, not the bathroom, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, did it uh, rain on you this time? Say again? Did it rain on you this time? I think the last time you went camping, it was raining on you the first night or two. Yes, the last time it rained heavily for the both nights, but last night, yesterday, we had beautiful weather here. We arrived here, uh, gosh, before four o'clock. So we had plenty of time to, to set up the, the tent. And um, and uh, so beautiful weather today. We went to this morning uh, before sunrise. If you check my channel, you'll see the pictures I took of the sunrise. And uh, beautiful sunrise over the Indian Ocean. Oh, by the way, some exciting news. I bought myself a pair of walkie-talkies. So that uh, Dot and I can communicate between uh, my office and her kitchen, I'll send I'll send you a picture to your to your uh, channel here. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're gonna slowly introduce her into radio communications. <laughs> Very good. Good morning, Bob. Team. Good. Good. Good to join you all again today. Hope everybody's doing okay there. Yeah, we sure had some storms yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I heard the old wind blowing last night, sure enough. We had two fronts coming through. I thought after the first one, it was all over. We went down to the kids last night for dinner and came home, and here we had storm warnings again. So about the time we went to bed, that secondary front on the backside of this uh, low-pressure area came through, and it wasn't near as bad as they said it was going to be, but we had... Uh, a little damage yesterday when that first one came through. It blew our rocker on the porch right down the steps and broke it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. 
So anyway, we got Logan in here. He's going to be trying out a new headset. Uh, you there, Logan? How do I sound? Sounds pretty good. You're going to need to talk a little more than that, though. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, yeah, just plugged it in. Got their like a uh, or a wireless headset. So um, or they come in like a little pot or whatever, and I can just pull them out. I can wear one of them or both of them. So. Yeah, okay. I was in need of some. Yeah, so these are Bluetooth wireless headset, huh? Yep, correct. And uh, there's no wire between them, so they're their own little. <laughs> That's uh, probably safer. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've got the wired headsets, and I remember one time I was going to go out and uh, and do part of the podcast outside, and I forgot to take my headset off. I get up, start walking. <laughs> He yanks my neck and about rips him off my head. <laughs> I do that all the time at school. Makes oh, it, really? it'll either it'll either pull my Chromebook completely off the desk <laughs> and everything that was on my desk in the floor, or yeah, it'll just yank out of my ears. But uh, yeah, the wire, the Bluetooth ones that I did have, they were wireless, but they had a wire going in between them. These ones just have the earphones or whatever. So I could use one or I could use both of them. Well, they sound pretty good for Bluetooth. Usually Bluetooth uh, audio is a little poor, but I can't tell that you're on Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it performed this well either because the microphone's inside of my ear. Yeah. No, it sounds, uh, sounds pretty good. A little bit of an echo, but not bad. Maybe it's just the room you're in. Not really an echo, but just you can tell the space yeah. is a little different. Yeah, I gotcha. So you're drinking cold coffee this morning, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big co coffee person. I like cold coffee. Do you like the McDonald's? What do they call it? The Mac Cafe or something? Uh, I don't know. Ice, the ice coffee? Kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. I've got, uh, there's a certain brand called Super Coffee. And they make like healthier ones that actually taste really good. So, yeah. This well, yesterday, morning, I, go ahead. So, I, I, they've got a bunch of them that are, uh, and they're relatively healthy. They don't really have that much sugar or anything in them. So, yeah. I've got a caramel one this morning. I put me some whipped cream in it. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Well, yesterday I got my Nano VNA. I think you've probably heard people talking about them. That sounds oh, like yeah. uh, an affordable are, piece uh, of kit for uh, young people. You know, you guys have kind of limited budgets, and to go out and buy an MFJ antenna analyzer is probably out of the question. But for 50 bucks, this thing does yeah. even more. I know a bunch of people that have that little thing, and it looks uh, – it's very eye-catching for its size. Yeah, yeah it's, it surprised me. I thought it came in a case – but I think the cheaper ones don't. This this thing is basically like three circuit boards bolted together with, and it looks like the top and the bottom are engraved and the type and indicators on the side, the name of it and stuff are in white on black. Really sharp looking, but there's no case actually. It's just three circuit boards sandwiched together with the, yeah. And it literally is like, about the size of a pack of cigarettes, even smaller. It's amazing. Do you think you could uh, put one of those in a case or something like that? You know, I was going to talk to Jim about that. You know, he could probably 3D print one very, very nicely. I'll see if I can get one with my call sign on it and the Digicom Cafe emblem. <laughs> Good morning, John. Good morning. How y'all doing? You're right on time. You're two minutes early. You said 8.15. Absolutely. Wanted to be so, here for you, be here with you today. Thought it'd be a good day to be here with you. Well, yeah, thanks. I came with a little plastic, clear plastic case, my Nano VNA. But, uh, you know, I think each their own. But, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty neat little thing. It's pretty amazingly small and little and cheap. Well. Mine didn't even come with uh, 
that extra sheet that shows you the menus and stuff, I didn't get any instructions at all. What did you get? Mine didn't come with instructions. No, mine had no instructions. Just a, just a plastic case, adapter, adapters, and a little stylist, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I noticed right off the bat, it comes on with uh, three of the different graphing things on it. Yep. I don't even know how to turn them off and just get it down to one. You, you're the okay, experienced right. one. You want to teach us how to do this? Sure. We'll we'll go through that. Do that real quick. Of course, you you take your stylist and uh, you uh, want to use uh, it to to uh, uh, to, to decide what you want. And you click on the right side. You know how to do that yet, don't you? Yep. Got that. You can even just use that little uh, push button rocker arm thing. Yep, you can. You can. That's good. Yep. And so uh, you go. You go to display first. You go to display first. Goodness, do I remember how to do it? <laughs> uh, I figured you have this mastered by now. Well, it, I've never done it except the first time to do the. Uh, to do the, uh, I thought it was real straightforward because I remember doing it and I was like, oh, there it is. Let me see. Format. Yeah, there it is. Is You hit format. That's right. And you you go to display and keep going back until you get to hit display and see format. Okay. I'm there. Okay. Now... You click on or off. Um, oh, I see Smith is checked. I don't want that, so I'll click you that. You take Smith off. And then you take, put SWR on. Well, put SWR on for sure. Then you take Smith off and you click, clicking. Sometimes you have to click twice, three times. Depends on the way it was designed. Looks like, looks like the menu disappears every time you select one. Yep, you got it. Okay, yes. well, I still see. Uh, let's see at the top it says uh, log channel man. zero, channel one, channel zero, channel one, all different colors. So that's just okay. The I've got the purple now, so that's the uh, SWR, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a clean little display, isn't it? Yeah, it is a clean little display. Uh, pretty neat little display. Um, yeah, it's so. So you got that, and then that's that's your main thing. And then then the next step will be calib calibrate. And for calibrate, you'll need your three little things. Yeah, I've gone through that one already. Okay. In fact, there's a lot of videos starting to show up on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. With guys just, I saw one last night, watched it. It was just a real basic one. Yeah. For for basically SWR, which most people, that's what they're going to use it for. But talking to Jim, he says that you can actually use it to determine how long your coax is. Oh, yeah. You can actually use it to, to tell you exactly where along your coax there's a break. Yeah, that's that's amazing. What, it, what it's doing is it's sending a signal. See, SWR meters are all meters. Everything we're used to is meters. Right. This thing actually can send a signal to through back to it, and then receive it back, kind of like a radar or something, a sonar. You know, it's sending a signal there and back, so it can it can pick it can tell more information. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I'm going to play around with it more today. Sure. <clears throat> we'll be inside. We had uh, storms after we mowed, after four hours of mowing yesterday. We had a big storm front come through. Mm -hmm. And then that, that blew out of here, and then we went down to the kids for dinner and came back. Had another one come through about 11 o'clock last night. So hopefully it's all gone and heading your way. 
it's it's our way. It's supposed to Is arrive it? in the next hour. Oh boy! Both, we're at seventy percent chance of rain at nine o'clock, and, and I hope and it's, it's nothing severe. And then uh, I don't know how severe, uh, but we we got a couple of days of rain, I think, probably. Yeah. Are you involved uh, in Skywarn over there in Atlanta? What's that? Are you involved in Skywarn? What's Skywarn? Oh, that's the storm spotting service of the amateur radio community. Didn't know anything about it. You're kidding. Oh, my. You should uh, check it out. I bet you, Logan, you're involved in it over there in Nashville, aren't you? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very involved in it. I've got my uh, Aries card. So John, uh, yeah, uh, check out your like local Aries stuff. Uh, National Weather Service they put on basics and advanced spotter classes. I just redid my spotter, uh, my basic spotter this year, and I have my advanced from 2016, I think. So I'm gonna get that uh, taken over again. They used to give people cards. They don't anymore because it. Was just a waste of time. Yeah. But um. Well, Logan. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Thank you for your help. Thank you. Logan, tell us a little um, bit more about uh, what's involved in being a Skywarn spotter and and what the activities are like, what you're responsible for, things yeah, like that. Go ahead. I love to hear that. Yeah, a lot of times uh, you'll look and you know um, there's a lot of different reports and that kind of stuff. They come out with a. Uh, like um, like the severe severe weather statement, you've probably heard of that here and there, and um, there will be a little section that will uh, talk about spotter activation during severe weather, and it will say either spotter act activation might be needed, spotter activation is not requested at this time, or skywarn activation, uh, skywarn um activation is requested and encouraged so that's when you know something's going to go down so i'm usually ready either way and then over the weather radio itself which john i guess that would be you know 16255 for atlanta because i got in there quite a bit yep I'll and, listen uh, to that. and um you'll hear it over that radio too uh during um when it's talking about severe weather, it'll it'll give a spotter activation statement. And um, but yeah, if you're in like Fulton County or whatever, look up, for example, Fulton County Aries or Cobb County Aries. I'm not sure which county you're in, but um, yeah, look up the Aries and kind of research some Aries stuff and try to get involved in that. And look up like uh, National Weather Service basic storm spotter uh training so that's what you'll uh if i gave you a start i'd say start there and go take that class and then if you really like it and you want to go ahead and get your advance go take your advance so i've already done both of mine and um i'm kind of interested that that nano vna stuff sounds cool have you for cases have you ever heard of the company c4 labs Oh, yeah, I've got one of my hotspots is uh, by one of those, all the multiple plexiglass layers. Oh, yeah, I love their stuff. Uh, Beautiful. I've got my uh, BridgeComp SkyBridge, and one of, I've said if I ever get like a, uh, if I ever build an all-star node, I'll put it in a C4 Labs case. Yeah, I'm not sure if y'all have seen the uh, SkyBridge, but uh, it's really, I love it. And uh, it's case that it's gone it was very well designed let me see if i can get kind of like a, a picture of it on here bridgecom's Bridge a really up and coming uh ham radio star isn't it yeah they are you know they've got a few flaws in some of their sort of marketing stuff i would say but yeah they're they're rising and uh i've never been over there but they they somebody came up with a Bridgecom Systems users talk group on uh, the TGI Prime stuff. So they got their own talk group now, I guess. Cool. Well, you've got a lot of different repeaters uh, back to Skywarn. Are you using your repeaters for Skywarn? And you might talk about what are the kind of things that you're supposed to be reporting? Because I know some people not familiar with it, they jump on the radio and say, "Hey, it's raining really hard over here." 
that's not the kind of that's not the kind of stuff you report, is it? No, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> it it kind of depends. Like our nets, the new guys that's, that's been running it this year, our new uh, Skyline coordinator, he calls it. He either says the nets a green, a yellow, or a red. A red. Um. So a green is just kind of just kind of keeping an eye on things. You know, uh, anybody can feel free to maybe jump in, chit-chat for a minute, uh, mainly to report stuff. So keeping a little low on the chit-chat, but you can still you know, kind of jump in there, uh, mess around or whatever. And then you've got the net where it's yellow, and that's when they kind of lock stuff down for just uh, sort of reports and uh, almost reports only. And then the red, that's when, like, we have our tornado warnings and when something's really bad and uh that's when they pretty much lock everything down to to extremely severe reports and we had one guy the other night during our red say the rain has stopped the rain has stopped and it's quiet here now or something like that so yeah have you ever witnessed a tornado oh yeah i've had one about 800 feet from my house what whoa oh yeah no it, it would it was probably between maybe an EF1 here, and then it changed counties, and it went to be an EF4 in two wow. counties away, and it destroyed, like, parts of an entire city. Wow. So I hope we you were, were in the basement at the time. <laughs> yeah, we were in the – ours is ground floor. So, um, yeah, we were very lucky because, yeah, that tornado grew very fast and very quickly. And mm. of course, it, they ended up raiding it in the F four because there was a ton of damage on yep. Cookville, Tennessee. But yeah. um, John, are you familiar with the the R R A V group? No. Uh, what city do you live in? I live in uh, Tucker in DeKalb County. Okay, DeKalb. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where. Do you know where Marietta is? Oh yeah, I used to live in Marietta. Okay, so there's a repeater group there. Uh, they're the WC4 RAV. I'm not sure if they could tell you anything. One of the guys there is a like a radio. Uh, he runs Fulton County's radio system from like for, uh, you know emergency management and stuff. But um, and then there's there's a few others. I'm trying to think which one is used for Aries. But um, anyway, uh, Denny, back to what you were saying. Yeah, I uh, I've got um. We have our local club repeater for the county. We use their repeater, which is up on a pretty big tower. And then my GMRS one, I leave open for emergency use if necessary during you know severe weather. It's like if uh, somebody wants to use it, I've got it open and general, generally on full power whenever it's not running. Around this time, I've been running about um, 20... Or 45 watts during the day, 25 at night. And um, I just had one of my good buddies, I consider my Elmer, that really got got me in the hobby that I've described. I was talking to him last night. And uh, the, my repeater's at ground level, and uh, he can hit it on his little handheld. And I told him uh, he has a ham radio base station. I said, don't key up with it, but go over there on your base station and see if you hear it. And he said it was like blasting into there. So. Hmm. I've got a – this GMRS repeater will be very, very good coverage once I get it up, so I'll make it open for emergency use. And if it needs to be used for that, I can change the PL tones on it. I've already got the PL uh, change channel, so, uh, you know, it's open for that kind of stuff. Now, GMRS has more requirements to use. Uh, like, I guess you buy the license – what is it, $75 a year now or for it's 10 years, I guess? Like everybody else's. But then yeah, to use it, you have – Oh, 72 years, okay. But I guess to use it, you have to be a family member or how does that work? Do you, can you allow anybody to talk on it? So, yeah, the license is $70 for 10 years. It used to be like 80 for five years, so they've made it a lot better. And if they go through with this $35 thing in ham radio, our GMRS prices are going to plunge. So we will be down to $35 for 10 years if these 
if the ham radio license fees come through. So that's good and bad for people like me <laughs> that mm. uh, do both. So, but it would be the exact same price anyway. So it's like you might as well go spend the other thirty-five on the GMRS. <laughs> but yeah, they say it covers the direct family. And one of the stupidest rules for GMRS is that you have to be eighteen to get the license, which really? makes no sense to me. Because ham, I mean, you could have a three-year-old go and take their test. Because I know <laughs> yeah. four and five-year-olds that have their license. Yeah. So, so did your dad get the license then? Uh, my mom got the license. And um, okay, but yeah, it covers like the entire direct family for them to use. She, I think the last time she used her license was maybe back in August or June or July. So my mom doesn't use it very much. So it's usually just me and my little brother because yeah. it cover it covers all of us, even though it's not in our name. Right. So well, Dan, Daniel was just talking about getting uh, some little walkie talkies for between him and Dot that they can use uh, to communicate. <laughs> to each other from room to room in the house or something. I would imagine those are probably family radio service radios. Is that right, Daniel? Uh, yes, that's right. On the packet, it says family radio, but it can be used for work, for recreation, for sports. It's got a range of about two miles. Roger. And th those uh, radios actually have a couple of GMRS frequencies, some of the low-power ones. I don't think They're, you can use them on a repeater, can you? I don't Logan. think so, eh? So um, the thing is, GMRS and FRS actually used to be separated. And back in 2017, they came up with some um, genius rules. I say genius in a sarcastic way. But uh, it's it depends on the day. Sometimes I hate that they did that. Sometimes I don't. But they took the separate GMRS and FRS frequencies, and they're like, why don't we put them both together and make them uh, but all have more channels? So... It's channel 1 through 22. They all have – they're all the same channels. One of them, GMRS, you can use up to 50 watts on channel 15 through 22. And on 15 through 22 in FRS, you can only use 2 watts. And 7 through – I think it's like – no, it's 8 through 14. You can only use half a watt on both uh, services. And 1 through 7, you can use 5 watts GMRS, 2 watts FRS. So a lot of it's higher power levels. And then with GMRS, you get access to um, to eight repeater input frequencies. So that's what cover my uh, input. And the channel 15 through 22 are also GMRS repeater output frequencies. So you've got all the GMRS people on there, all the FRS people on there, and the repeater. So it can be kind of – you can have a lot of interference on it. Well, in ham radio, we all have to identify every 10 minutes. What are the requirements on a GMRS machine? Uh, it's every 15 minutes, and I think that's good because the call sign is so long. Our GMRS <laughs> call sign is WRFR735, so it's a longer call sign. But only family members can use it? What would happen if uh, just any blow Joe, Joe Blow in the community jumped on and started talking? Would you have to tell him you can't do that? Or Well, if he jumped on under my call sign. Our, our call sign that would be bad but um if he had his own call sign it would be fine or if he just had like a little walmart walkie-talkie it would be kind of whatever but um okay yeah we have you know but um yeah any anybody can jump on the repeaters as long as they're licensed and they know some stuff about it so i've got people from like out of the state that will come into lebanon uh, they'll be riding through Lebanon, and they'll just kind of key it up and we'll chit-chat for a few minutes while they're driving through town. So, um, so so, every user outside of the owner and family has to have his own call sign? Yes. And it's nice that if you're test-challenged, you don't have to worry about uh, what we have to do as ham radio operators. You can just pay for it, and away you go. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that do both. And a lot of it is because of the family aspect of it. And, you know, it's a lot less, I guess, strict in a way. Not that ham radio is that strict, but, you know, uh, it's a, there's a lot more space. But, uh, yeah, you could have, like, a buddy come with you on a camping trip, do, like, third party or whatever. It probably mentions that somewhere, and I don't think it would do any hurt. Because I've had friends over at my house, and uh, one of them was going to go 
go do something real quick. Like one of them try out try out my bike that I had just gotten. So I was like, okay. I said, take this thing with you. So he strapped it to his side, and he we were chit chatting on the repeat. I put my repeater on low power, and we were chit chatting as he was driving around. So you know, you can do that kind of stuff with it, as long as you you're responsible and you know that the other person can be responsible with it. Yeah. Well, I bet that's a great way to get young people started on the ham radio journey. Yeah, that's that's what I've got my little brother on. He's made like maybe five plus contacts on the GMRI stuff. That's not a lot, but still, he does a lot of talking on it. Wow, cool. Well, we've got one here in uh, this county. I haven't uh, figured out really where it's at. I guess you go to a GMRS website, but you have to register, and you have to have a GMRS license to even register with it, so I can't even tell what the frequencies are. Um, go to mygmrs.com. You may yep, be able to register one. with them without a license, possibly, and to be able to see the frequencies. You can try. I'm not sure, though. Otherwise, uh, I'll send you – just tell me what the name of the repeater is, and I'll send you a link to the um, – or I'll send you like a screenshot of the frequency and PL tone. So oh, that'd be I, was, great. I can do that for people that I know can, you know, like if I had some random person like, Oh, what's this frequency and PL tone? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you, but like somebody <laughs> like, you know, I, I'd go, I'd go snag it real quick. Okay. We'll have to do that. Well, this has been interesting. I know uh, GMRS is uh, kind of a popular mode these days. I hear more and more people talking about it. Even hams are just starting a GMRS machine. I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> I mean, if you got a FM machine for ham radio, um, GMRS to me seems like it might be a step down. But I think you're kind of like us. You're trying to find ways of bringing people into the hobby, aren't you? Yeah, that that's one way to do it. And, um, you know, it's good for young people to get started in it and kind of experience radio. Some repeaters can be dead. Some aren't. Mine's in between. So... One minute it's dead, the next minute it's booming. It just kind of depends on the day. And I, I yeah. set up that Zello node sometimes and uh, for other people, you know, out of state or out of range to kind of get on it and chit-chat locally. Yeah. And you're active on DMR. Sorry I couldn't uh, join you in our new group. We have a DMR talk group. It's the same as my all-star node, 27622 over on the Prime TJF network which I think from what I'm hearing, uh, the chatter is that they're going to move everything over there probably in a week or so. I think the, the Friday night net next week is going to be on the new combined server. Am I hearing that right? Yes. Uh, they've been start, They've been switching now for months. I, <laughs> I don't know what the set date is for the entire shutdown of the legacy network, but uh, – Right now, all of our talk groups are running both. My talk group is basically on Prime mainly, but it's linked down to Legacy. So anybody on Legacy that keys up one of yours or my talk groups, I'm not sure how you have your setting, but I've got Legacy Transmit turned on. So I'm pretty sure if you key up on one of my talk groups from Legacy, I'll hear you on the Prime. So that's a pretty neat feature for right now. That'll go bye-bye here soon. And uh, you'll have to check out the new uh, talk group admin dashboard on prime that looks really good they're sorting out some things on it but uh there's going to be a new feature called announcements and i'm really looking forward to see what that's going to be for uh, all of our talk groups in fact it threw me for a loop i hadn't been on it for quite a while i've been doing so many other things i've just kind of let dmr go by the wayside but i came back here within the last week and i'm like wow look at the admin controls we've got it scared me at first because i saw that thing beside my call sign, I clicked on it, and up comes this thing with like a lightning bolt at the top and boot and silence, mute, whatever. And I thought, oh, no, is my audio level too high? Are they going to kick me off? <laughs> but here I found oh, out it was in you. my controls. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I was playing around with it. I accidentally booted myself. But uh, whenever you put, <laughs> oh, no. I think it's either ban or boot. Whenever you click boot, I'll have to show you what pops up. It's pretty funny. I'll send. I'll have what to send you a screenshot of it. Anyway, are we gonna start our question of the day here? Well, we can do or that. I if? just wanted to wanted to hear from you. You're uh, the only young person we've got in here. They have to listen to us old farts all the time. So I wanted to make sure we got uh, plenty of time with you to talk about what you're doing. You're an excellent communicator, don't you think, John? Oh, absolutely. 
And uh, you got some of the interest and your enthusiasm level is, it comes across on very clearly, Logan. Yeah, well done. Thank you. I, uh, I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, You're the star of our show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I just want to throw in a, a, some compliments of G, GMRS. I was talking to a guy on two meters, and he was promoting GMRS just because, you know, you go camping with some friends, you go your family, like you said, uh, or just, you know, people you want to just kind of connect with, and they, they're kind of interested in a walkie-talkie, but, you know, uh, they're not going to get a study ham license. Well, you know, you can connect on, on GMRS and have repeaters and all that kind of stuff and start learning about it. And, and, and they may go to ham, they may not, but the point being is that you're having experience on a radio and uh, using a radio together. And that's kind of, you know, the whole process is for us to be, have an alternative, <laughs> you know, alternative ways to communicate in case of storms, in case of, catastrophes and other things and it's it's there yep well john is a, a deep thinker he likes to think outside the box and uh the what if thing is something i came up with uh, on a week or so ago i woke up with this dream envisioning us doing this what if question of the day and it seems to be a a, a good way to start a lively conversation so John, I don't know how you're going to pick from all the ones that you found, but uh, what have you chosen for the what if question of the day? Well, um, there is now a evidence of a fifth force, a fifth force of nature. You know, we know about gravity, we know about electromagnetism, and then there's nuclear forces that are part of the, the laws of nature. But there is a subatomic particle that, uh, that could just break the laws of physics and uh and and yet open up a whole new thing so what if there's a fifth force of nature what if there's a new force in nature like gravity like electromagnetism that we're just now discovering and um uh what if what does that what does that mean well it's not going to change anything in the world because obviously it's been part of the the way the system's been working for years, we're not going to go into a catastrophe, anything like that. But what it does say is we may start learning about how things really work in our universe in an, on a different level. Um, and we may be able to do things that are beyond what we can even imagine. And that, I think it kind of opens up. You know, because what we think is we, we know everything. Science knows everything. We know everything, whatever. And it kind of opens it up that, you know, there's there's a lot we could learn and it could really open up um, our ability to understand the universe. And um, and so what what if what if we if there's new laws of nature, what if we can what are things that we might be able to possibly do or, you know, space travel at higher speeds, abilities to, uh, to have better, more efficient ways of, of getting energy. All those things are kind of opened up. And especially for somebody younger, uh, you know, you've got a future where it's a possibility that all kinds of new things are going to be happening just at the time when we thought, oh, we got this thing figured out. You know, we got this thing figured out. We understand how the world universe pretty much works. We don't understand how the universe works. We got a lot to learn. So what what, what can we learn? What can we grow? And and what maybe what we might say is, what would we dream about if we could, uh, if there's another force of nature, what, what part of nature would we want to be able to do? What, what would we want to be able to ability to do? Like travel? Uh, across the universe what if we could get to stars uh, instead of a hundred years maybe a year or something what if we could get to mars in a couple of weeks what if we could get to uh, pass you know to outside planets or outside to another universe within a few years of tra space travel what would it mean so what if we could do more 
with beyond what we think. And one of them might just be space travel. One might be energy, energy. But there's there's a whole nother level that's opening up because there's a whole new particle we didn't even know about. So we've got a whole new level of physics. And uh, the chances are this particle is is likely, very likely, it does exist. The probabilities are that it does exist. And um, and this blows physics away. So what do you think about all of a sudden we just have a whole new uh, opening up of physics? What if what if physics is is going to be totally changed in the next few years? So I guess as in like having new rules for it. Well, I mean, to some degree, I mean, you know, the things that the basic rules that, that go into effect are fine. But what it's going to do is open up new possibilities. Uh I mean, yeah. when another force in nature, it's kind of like you discovered, uh, you discovered a uh, an energy level that you didn't even know existed, right here beside us, in front of us, between us, all the time. So that's another. Think of think of what if you discovered gravity for the first time, or what if you discovered electromagnetism? That's pretty good for radios. What if you discovered electromagnetism? What would that open up? The first time you discover electromagnetism, that opens I up. I mean, how many things does that open up? Oh yeah, a, a, a lot of things. I think the first little bit would be people trying to discover what this, what it is. Is this dangerous? Uh, what are the laws of physics allowing this, and what can we use this for in the end? Right. Exactly. So we're saying, okay, we got something that could be as extraordinary, revolutionary as electromagnetism that is just now discovered. Now, it may be a lot more complex, like you said, and it may take scientists years of studying it to get to there, but uh, it opens up new possibilities. Electromagnetism opens up, gosh, everything. I mean, so much. All of radio, all of... uh, all of electrical generation. I mean, goodness gracious, how many things are, are based on electromagnetism? So what if, we might put it this way, what if we discovered something as amazing as electromagnetism today? Well, we're kind of uh, doing that kind of stuff now. In fact, yesterday, I don't know if you heard yesterday's podcast, but Jim was talking about uh, quantum coin, you know, where it can be heads and tails at the same time. In fact, my son and I last night after dinner at their place, we're talking about, he was talking about linear algebra in programming. And uh, that's when, when the elements aren't squared or cubed or whatever. But what is it called uh, when you have more complicated formulas, quantum algebra or something anyway, he said uh, the, the future of quantum computing is just mind blowing and how it's going to impact AI and that will dramatically change our world for sure. But what you were talking about made me think right away of uh, the spiritual dimension. That, that we're kind of limited as humans to just the three dimensions. We're starting to understand a little bit about fourth dimension maybe. But what you were talking about just sounded like, like what some people in uh, biblical history experienced. Where all of a sudden their eyes were open and they saw things like the armies of angels around them that were there all the time, but they couldn't see them. It almost sounds like what that would be like living in that spiritual dimension where we could travel the universe in a split second. I'm, I'm sure you thought of that too. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's, that's no, that was, that was it. That was just my thought. It just seems well, like, uh, I think, I think, you know, it's a good way we might back up a little bit then on that point is it, is it science can very much, uh, implement or in or su- supplement faith because uh, when you look at the more you study science, the more you you realize how complex the universe is and how um, how majestic and how awesome it is. I mean, we didn't really realize until I mean, generate few centuries ago, we just thought it was a a, a simple universe. But now we realize that there's a billion stars behind every every little dot in the sky. 
there's a billion universes behind every dot in the sky. And so to know how immense that universe is, is something that science has taught us. And, it, and, and now we're, you know, that has helped implement our faith in knowing about a God. If you believe in God, which I do uh, believe in God, that, that is a God that has created this immense universe. And so, yes, the more you open up these questions, the more you open up the powers of physics and, and, and discover new things, the more you open up the possibility of discovering a God that's so much bigger and there's so much more there than you realized. And you understand a faith. And I think uh, one of the things is the is that ability to see earth like from space is an amazing thing that has, that will transform the generations, you, you know, because, because all of a sudden you've got a perspective. We aren't, we aren't just, it's, it, it, we're not looking at the earth just from us, but we're looking at it from the space. Well, if we start looking at the universe from outside, we start looking at the, our galaxy from outside and realize there's so much more, so many, and maybe a lot more Earths are places where there's a lot of, uh, of, of uh, life. Then we start opening, you know, it can be scary to somebody's faith, but yet it opens up the, the reality that God is a God of all of that. And uh, our little problems don't seem as quite as big when we start looking at the fact that um, it, it, it's all big. It's all big stuff. I mean, you go back to Genesis. And you realize, you know, I mean, if you believe in that, believe in the, in, in the Bible, uh, is that God created it all. And it is a huge change from nothing to everything. And, um, and, 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 and the same way, God can take care of our little problems. Uh, if God can create everything, everything in the universe in just a few days or a few minutes or a few hours or however you want to describe it, a few thousand years, I don't care. But if God can do that, then God can handle, you know, the little stuff that we get worried about. Well, you know, there's uh, yeah. this problem in politics or there's this problem in this and that or this country or that country or we're arguing over this little stuff. You know, that's just such small stuff. I think uh, Star Trek was one of the great shows because it helped us start seeing things and science fiction can do that, seeing things from a different perspective outside of, of maybe even our normal uh, way of looking at things. So, yeah, I agree. Anytime you open up science, you have the opportunity to open up faith and to challenge and grow in faith, not not change faith, but just to see it from a more full perspective. Yeah, I remember the story of the Tower of Babel. And what did God say at the end? You know, we we have to we have to break this up because man putting their heads together like this, there's nothing he cannot do. We're seeing that in our lives right now. The abilities that God has given man to comprehend the universe and master it in a sense where we can make it a benefit society and, and do good things is just mind-blowing that we can understand that. And you talked about one spot in the universe is uh, covering like billions of stars. I think of resolution, like photography resolution. Satellites now have such high resolution. And when you're zoomed out, oh, you might see one little dot, one little pixel, and think, well, that's not much detail. But when you start zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, they can literally look in your windows in your house with all that resolution. I think of that in terms of what we're starting to see in the universe what we have so far even just comprehended is like one little speck. We have no clue what's behind those little pixels until we start zooming in and zooming in. It's like, wow, look at this world. So that kind of ties in with what you're saying too. What if we could really understand these things in its really intimate detail that God has put in it? It would just blow our minds. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's the ability to open our minds to possibilities that of what we could do. Like you said, so many science can help us improve things. And I think it's just uh, we, we open our minds to what can be done. 
I mean, Elon Musk, I'm not going to talk about him as a person, but what he's done as a, a creator of, of, and his ability has been amazing. I mean, I've been to the spaceship, the SpaceX facility where he makes these rockets. And I mean, he's, he, he's making rockets. He's making, he's digging tunnels in uh, on a, on an amazing another level. He's, he's making batteries on a new level. He's making cars that are, that are electric and forcing, encouraging other companies to make that. And then we'll be more of electric. We'll have less pollution. And then with SpaceX, here's the possibility of going to Mars, uh, pushing us, pushing the whole, all of the space culture to, to, to be able to open their eyes to new possibilities beyond just going to the moon. And that kind of opening vision, I think, is great. Uh, I think it, uh, like you said, it, it opens you up. It opens up si- what science can do. I mean, yeah, it can help all people if we we're, we can be all electric cars, uh, do more, have better batteries, have better electrical grids, all that kind of thing. Is possible, and one man has been able to do so much stuff. You know what? What if all of us unleash our ability to. To, to, to understand, to, to, to dream, to, uh, to, to the possibilities that, got, that, that are there. I also wonder, is there a limit to what God wants us to know and learn? Just like he stopped the people in the Tower of Babel? Well, that, that was because he, there's a limit in the sense that I, I think science is pretty much unlimited. Uh, but, but there's a limit his limit was they were trying to be, uh, be like God. They wanted to avoid God's, uh, God's the problems that, and, and, and not be dependent on God. And, uh, uh, to some degree, science wants to control the nature, control the problems of earth, control those things. Sure. But, uh, it's people of faith. This is really a faith issue. And not a science issue. It's about people of faith wanting wanting to be uh, to to build something where they don't have to depend on God. Um, that's different than science trying to grow and learn. Um, and and the confusion between the two is 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 sim- is, is understandable because you know you're saying well well how how far can we grow in science before we're kind of invading what God will do. Well, well, you look back when, you know, when, when, when people started saying, Oh, we're going to go to the moon. They're like, go to the moon. That's, that's God's creation of a special planet. That's that circles our earth. We can't touch that. That's, that's too far. That's too much. That's, we can't do that. And, and you know, the whole, every step of the way, I mean, they put, they, they, Going back to uh, Galilee and Galileo and and uh, Copernicus, I mean, faith had a hard time with with believing that the Earth was not the center of the universe. They put because they thought that that was some kind of faith issue that the Earth is the center of the universe. It's not. A, it's not a faith issue. And and just like all of science, you know, the word atom means a small. The word means the smallest particle. Uh. But, but science can never get achieve truth. Only religion can achieve truth. Science just keeps growing. And what this, what this fifth particle, this fifth force means is that there is, there is a, uh, a particle that we'd probably some particles, a particle, subatomic particles we don't know about yet. That means there's another subatomic particles. I mean, atoms themselves are, are <laughs> are definitely not the smallest particle in the universe. And, and, and there have been so many more particles discovered since I was in, in college or when I was studying science. And just I mean, when we were kids, we just studied electrons, neutrons, protons, and that was about it. And now, you know, they got all kinds of subatomic particles and they're discovering new ones. And so science is always going to be discovering new insights. But the only truth is in faith. And if you try to supplement that truth with science, then you run into problems. But it's, but when you, well, not to supplement, but what try to replace 
faith with science, then you're running problems. But when you use science as supplement, there's a big difference. Supplement versus replace. So, you know, you might think about how do people replace faith with science versus how do people supplement their knowledge of thing of faith with science. Yep. Very good. Very good. Well, this has been a very stimulating conversation. Anyone else out there, uh, Bob? Oh, we lost uh, we lost some folks here already. So anyway, I guess we're coming up on an hour. That's an excellent question, John. Thank you very much. And uh, man, we could go on that one for uh, many hours, I think, and go deeper. And I think it's all about this resolution. I think God is giving us uh, more resolution to increase our ability to zoom in and examine and to see that yeah there's there's a lot more behind what you already know you think you know it all now you know nothing <laughs> that is so true that's a very good way of looking at it denny uh science just opens us up to how little we know yeah wow any thoughts logan um you know i really like uh this uh this conversation this morning it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the thing you know between God and science, and uh, that a lot of people—I don't know how—there's some people that are against science, you know, or whatever. You know the the balance between God and science, and how science eventually leads back to God. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I kind of see it in that way. Some people see it as all scientists are atheists and this and that. And I'm like, no, 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 you know. So, you know, I always say, you know, there's a there's a there's a balance there. But, you know, it's some people just don't see it. Yeah. No, you're right. I think science does kind of lead back to God. He wants us to explore and understand the universe because we see God in all of these things I do and I love science and physics like John. I, I love reading articles of what they're discovering. Uh, I love the idea that we are spending some money to put uh, our things on uh, Mars. In fact, they're getting ready to launch their little uh, drone to explore from the air and see uh, what they can see. Uh, I think it's amazing the things that we can do together. And it, to me, it's all an opportunity to see God. <laughs> That's just I, I can't explain the universe in any other way. Either either we were designed and created just like you and I design products or build houses or whatever it is we build. It, it starts with an idea, a concept, and then we flesh it out with a plan and we get the materials and we build it. There's no way that this fantastic universe just happened by accident. There's too much order in it. There's too much behind the scenes that uh, just screams of someone is a master designer of it all. So anyway, this has been a good episode. Go ahead. Hi, yeah, I was just kind of acknowledging you, but uh, yeah, very nice uh, episode today, and uh, I definitely enjoyed it. And there, you know, there was a lot of information given. Yep, and here we say we're located at the intersection of faith and technology, and we sure uh, we flushed that out today. So, uh, and I, I'm so proud to be part of the ham radio community because. Much of the technology we experience in our technical world in communications is a result of experimentation in the ham radio community. And so we're, we're kind of on the bleeding edge of technology. At least we try to be. We're uh, willing to explore, look at other possibilities and uh, experiment with it and see what we can do. And sometimes so we realize, well, that's not the way to go. Let's go back and try this instead. So. It's a great hobby. I encourage everybody to consider it. If you uh, like to learn, if you like to meet wonderful people from around the world, old and young, and uh, if you want to join us in our conversations here, just go to my call sign, k5dcc.com, and come into our Telegram studio and join us in our conversations. If you uh, want to be part of a Facebook-like community, go to digicomcafe.com. And uh, jump in, share your story, talk about what you're doing in ham radio. Just like we've been doing here in the background, uh, sharing pictures. Uh, thank you for those uh, graphics of the new TGIF admin page. That's really cool. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll share some of them to the group and uh, so that everybody can kind of see them. But, yeah, uh, they're still admitting talk groups. I'd say if anybody wants a talk group, go get one while you can. I've reserved three of them, one oh, for wow. the Tennessee State. And I'm not going to use all three. One is for Tennessee Statewide, which was needed. I have my GMRS World talk group for all the GMRSers slash ham hybrid guys. And then the next one is Talk Group 120, which just says the N4 LLC Talk Group right now. But eventually, I'm basically saving that for my local club so that if they ever want to use the DMR side of things, I've got already got them one of the lower Talk Groups reserved for them. Yeah, and you were just talking about there in the text chat that uh, when they bring the legacy into the prime, every person that's on here with their own DMR ID will be able to use that as their own personal talk group that people can connect to right yep i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that that will be able to be done like a timothy but uh everybody pretty much knows timothy in here um both of us come from the yacht and uh he on brandmeister sometimes will actually use uh his own dmr id as a talk group so whenever he links his echo link to his uh he's like all right i just linked dmr to uh to my echo link uh, into the yacht conference, and then I'll I'll, ha- I'll be typing extremely fast on my antitone, and then I'll key it up as soon as he unkeys. I'm like, I'm already there. I beat you. <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, you're a <laughs> yacht member, and tonight is the uh, the big net of the week on Saturday nights. Why don't you do a little sales pitch for the yacht group as a young yacht member? Yep. Uh, so we meet Monday through Friday nights for our just general informal chat. At 7 p.m. Central, which would be 8 Eastern, 6 uh, Mountain, and 5 Pacific. And then Saturday night is our formal, more formal net, which is uh, 7 p.m. Same time, 7 p.m. Central, uh, 8 Eastern. So um, that's when we will meet tonight. And where do uh, they meet? So we will be found on the Yacht Conference on Echolink. Or you can connect up to W8PIF for Peter, which is linked to it. Or it's not always on, but you can also go to the Meganets conference, M-E-G-A-N-E-T-S. That's linked to our server sometimes. Great. Well, I'll be there tonight. I plan on it. Uh, John, any f- closing comments? Uh, this is a great, great group. And I uh, learned a lot from Logan. And uh, that's uh, thank you for your Denny for for putting this on today. Well, thank you for being uh, with us today and for sharing that very stimulating what if question. I'm sure a lot of us throughout the day are going to be wondering about some of these things. Um, we need to think a little deeper sometimes. So appreciate you. Thanks for uh, joining us, Bob. Good to have you this uh, this morning. How are you uh, doing? What did you think about all this talk? Yeah, I was just going to say thanks. Uh... John and Logan, on your thoughts there on science and faith. I thought it was real good there. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a blessed day. 73 from the Digicom Cafe. 73 from the co-host. N4 LLC. 73. 73. Have a good day. Hi, this is Extra Class Amateur Radio Operator, K5DCC. I just upgraded to my Extra Class last year. You know how I did it? I used HamTest Online. Did you know that HamTest Online is the top-rated study program on eham.net? 97% of reviewers gave them 5 stars. They have more 5-star user reviews than all other study methods combined. And success is guaranteed. If you fail the amateur radio license exam, they will refund your subscription. It's a no-brainer. You pass the exam or get a full refund. Try it for yourself at hamtestonline.com. Hello, cafeers. Denny J. here in the beautiful Ozarks of Northwest Arkansas out in the country, 25 miles from any large city. Out here in the country, we struggle to get good internet. Maybe you have the same problem. If you live in a rural area, you don't have many options. It's either satellite or DSL or cellular. And believe me, we've tried them all. 
Just recently, I was more than happy to pay the penalty to get out of our satellite service. Latency was horrible, and for amateur radio communications, the delays were up to five seconds, and uh, you probably experienced what that's like. Our DSL service was also very unreliable. We rarely got the speeds that we were promised, and it kept dropping out. But now I think I found a service that we're going to love. It's called Visible.com. It's a company that's owned by Verizon and kind of a paired back service, but works beautifully for my situation here out in the country on 15 acres. Visible.com offers only one plan. It's unlimited everything, unlimited calls, text, and internet at slightly slower speeds than their top drawer plan at Verizon. But it does use the Verizon network. Go to visible.com and use my referral code 3November37NoVemberTango. Also, to get your $40 a month bill reduced to $25, you need to be part of a party pay group. You can join me in our Digicom Cafe party. You will find the link to these things down in the show notes here, along with links to our Digicom Cafe community portal, which is a Facebook alternative. Also, our Telegram community, where we have text and voice chat, and also our live cafe cast here in the Digicom Cafe. So get your line at visible.com. And again, use my referral code and join our party to get that bill down to $25 a month. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast. We invite you to join our Mighty Networks amateur radio community at members.digicomcafe.com.